Hello and welcome to episode 25 of Risk and Reward, the golf podcast from Winning Edge Investments that aims to keep you on the right side of the betting ledger. My name's Rod Murray and I play the role of host here at Risk and Reward, which is kind of the easy bit compared to trying to sort out the best value betting options on tours around the world each week, for which we have our resident expert and long-time professional golfer and punter, John Evans. John joins me from the comfort of our Sydney studios once again. Jay, a big welcome. Another week of golf in the books. We'll have a bit of a review of your tips shortly and how they went, but I've got to say, it already seems like 2020 is going to be the year of the bizarre finish. Another odd end to a tournament in Hawaii, though. A good one for Australian fans. Cam Smith getting his first individual PGA Tour title. And how well did he play under the pressure? Um, he just... He drove Brendan Steele mad by just consistently getting up and down when he made a mistake. Getting up and down on the last hole despite it's taking something like 33 minutes to complete. Um He's a he's a great talent that boy, and the Americans have started to recognise it. I think more particularly when he was two down at the Presidents Cup to Justin Thomas and came back and beat him two and one. So he is a very very good player. He, he, he people will probably forget, but when Dustin Johnson three putted the last at Whistling Straits, he'd eagled the last and was beaten. Uh, uh, um. Chambers Bay. Chambers, Chambers Bay. Bay. Chambers Bay, yes. sorry. US Open. He, on the US Open, so he was a shot behind the lead there, um, and he also had a very another top performance in a major as well where he, I think he finished third or fourth. So he's a, he's a comer, and uh, one of the things that I think is a bit disappointing is I'd like to see the winner of the Australian Open and the winner of the Australian PGA as the players who represent... Australia at the Olympics, mm. but it goes on the um, world goes on the world rankings, yeah. and and the world rankings are very skewed to the US. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to me, I think we want to encourage Australians who play in Australia, and I'd like to see the the winners of those two major events chosen for the Olympics in that next year and whether or not idea. they can do that or I, not. I don't think that would be in our hands here in Australia, would it? I think that would be an, uh, an Olympic committee decision and I imagine all the Olympic committees internationally would agree on a similar criteria, I would imagine. We'd have to look into that, Jay. We, we, we've gone above our pay grade here, which is quite uh, quite... Quite standard for us, but let's before we dig ourselves too deep, let's get out. I will say, I, I think Cam Smith, you're right. He's not just a comer; he's a winner. Uh, people forget he won the Australian Amateur in 2013 against a guy that was hitting at 50 metres past him in the 36 hole final. Jeff Drakeford was his name, big, powerful player. He was uh, probably still is. I'm Jeff. I'm not sure if he's still playing professional golf, but at his home course at Commonwealth, he was hitting at 40 and 50 metres past Cam Smith, and he was five up through the first 18 holes of a 36 hole match. And they shook hands on the 13th green of the second 18 with Cam Smith having rolled him. So he has he's not bothered by the pressure of the situation. And that's, I think, exactly what you were talking about with uh, Justin Thomas. And again, with this finish year in Hawaii. So I think we're just seeing the start of Cam Smith. He's going to be a very good player for a very long time and a terrific short game. As you say, we'll talk a bit about more of that sort of stuff a little later on as we go. But before we do that, let's start with the podcast special offer. There's always homework every week, J.E. This is this week's homework. For those listening who don't yet subscribe to the Winning Edge Investments Golf Newsletter, 
Here's a little offering that might help convince you to do so. 25% off the cost of a subscription for the life of the subscription just for listening to us each week. You'll find a link in the show notes below that'll take you directly to the sign-up page. If you take advantage of that, you'll be paying $112.50 per month instead of $150, and that is obviously a good deal. As always, I also need to remind you there's a profit guarantee with the three- and 12-month subscription packages, so check the details of that while you're on the website site and make sure to take advantage. Now, Jay, we know that you have all the pressure on you every week trying to find the value odds in tournaments around the world, and you'd think that as co-host I'd be doing my best to relieve some of that pressure, wouldn't you? That'd be the friendly thing to do, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> I'm not so sure. You can feel the setup coming already, can't yeah, you? Yeah, but I'm not so sure that I want to go anywhere near this because <laughs> there's two reasons. You don't bet. That's the first one. Right? And, and no one... Trusts anybody who doesn't bet for a start. <laughs> and a sec- and form, secondly, <laughs> um, however, I do value your knowledge of some of these players, which we're going to find out very shortly is is extensive. And for that, you could be of some great advantage. But from a gambling perspective, <laughs> you're, you're taking the lead. And it's about so. well, it's about it's not about players so per se. It's about whether those players have demonstrated a propensity to win as Cam Smith has. Um, he's a winner. Uh, and we're going to tip a bloke later on today, which we'll talk about, who's, who's a non-winner, but who's a perennial top 20 finisher. And so we put him in the top 20 bets, but we don't put him in the win bets. Okay. So for me, I'm seeking, as I've always explained, I'm seeking value every week. And I'm not seeking the winner every week, or I'd probably be tipping guys who are Ten dollars to twenty-five, or even fifty. I'm seeking value over a period of a year, so that the subscriber wins big, and win. and not often big, but not often. Well, here's the thing, Jay. We'll come back to all of that shortly. I've been setting you up for something there, and here's what it is. Uh, I'm going to make your plight worse each week by highlighting some of the top performers, performers from other areas of the Winning Edge newsletter family. <laughs> so, well, that's a good idea because uh, I, I did notice that uh, that I was trailing, um, and I, uh, when I back a winner, all of a sudden I shoot up to a big exactly lead. That's exactly right. Well, I'm going to give you an example, but, the, but, but I must say, you, you go for it because I, I tell you what, this there, there is a there is a lot of uh, the winning edge platform that, uh, that 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 are making lots of money for their subscribers continuously. Predominantly horse racing, it has to be. I think there's nine newsletters in the family. There's golf, and I think there's a greyhound one. The rest are predominantly horse racing, uh, for the most part. Do you know WA Tips and Ratings? Do you know this person? Yeah, no, he's very clever, and uh, he, he's obviously. I don't. I don't know any of these guys personally, um, uh, and that's probably a, a good idea. I, I can but, tell you that he's a winning profit of plus 41.4 units in December, clever. That's how clever he is. Yeah, no, well, he, he's, got, he's, got, he's got a very good, very good database and he obviously has a, a quite good contacts in the industry. You know, you've got to be au fait with jockeys and trainers and not rely too much on their information, but, but know their foibles and their positioning. and Not totally unlike what you do, in fact. You've got to know the players and the caddies and the courses and all the rest of it, but you've got to know you've got to know how to break up that information to make it use. I can tell you, Jay, just in, in the interest of being fair, and then we'll get onto the golf. Uh, your result for December was plus nine point three units, so that's pretty good. 
Yeah, but it's not like forty one, is it? But no, forty one was like a forty one was a remarkable achievement, and uh, and we can have uh, we can have a hundred unit win. Um, in one year. We got a seventy unit win, as you'll yeah, remember, we tipping Nate Lashley last year, and uh, and you didn't back it, which no. is why I don't rely on you too much <laughs> that's, in this that's exactly particular right. regard. Don't listen to me, but anyway, we just we will do that every week. Uh, we just make people know if you're interested in horse racing or any of that uh, the other stuff in the industry, the the, the winning edge guys. Uh, they track all of their bets. It's all very public. They, you know, they, they lay out the staking plan, and you get to see which ones have won and which ones have lost. And uh, so, the whole idea, as it says, winning edge investments is that uh, betting with the head as opposed to the heart is the idea. So we'll do that each week from now on. But I, I was pretty impressed with you, Jay, for for golf, which is notoriously difficult to bet on. Fields of 156 most weeks, three or four of them most weeks of those tournaments. Sure, there's a lot more people to pick from, but doesn't make it any easier. So plus 9.3, I thought was pretty good. Let's move on. Let's get to this week's golf. Let's start with Jay. How did we go last week? We had the European Tour, Asian Tour, and US PGA Tour. I'll be honest with you, I was a bit flat out with other things at the weekend. I didn't get to track too closely how we, how we went, up, down, or neutral. No, we had a loss. We had a loss. Uh, we never scared a win. Um, and we were a bit unlucky in that Mark Leishman birdied the last hole the first three rounds and it was only it's a f- only a 500 yard par five so he'd have only had a middle iron but he drove it in the bunker pitched it to th- his third shot to three foot and had a three footer to make the top 20 which would have meant we would have had winning top 20 bets and he missed it so he got a big black mark for that he's if a great if he was player. an australian you'd turn on him wouldn't you well i <laughs> i've seen him i like mark leishman he's a he's one hell of an asset to australian golf and a world golf and he's and he's been unlucky not to win a couple of majors, I think. Yeah, couldn't agree more. The Too Masters and the British Open, he, he very unlucky not to win. Well, that Open, he drove it into a divot on the first playoff hole. Yeah, That's no. just, that is horrendously cruel luck. Yeah, I uh, thought he was very unlucky in yeah. that. Uh, and, and, in fact, I thought the third best player won that week in that playoff. But anyway, it's golf, uh, that's just one of those things. It's called variance. Uh, my son's taught me this. It's variance. It's, uh, it's the vagaries of the business. We... To be fair, Minwoo Lee got into the top 20. One, one of my tips he, for a big bet, he got into the top 20 by one shot. So so it's it's variance. We had a losing week. Um, it's uh, we don't have, We're not having very many losing weeks now because the top 20 tends to be cancelling out the other bets. But it's been a real revelation, week, isn't it, that top 20? For well, you. It's a reasonably it's, new thing for you. It is, and... Uh, and, and uh, um, it's, it, I'm happy with it. It's I've got to keep doing it, and I'm being a bit more selective on the top twenty bets. Not having quite as many, but um, so we'll see what happens in the next three or four weeks. We monitor each each of the winning edge bets platforms does extreme monitoring of performance and trying to tick it up so we find more and more winners. Uh, uh, and so there's a lot of care goes in it, and a, and a lot of if you like soul searching and uh, flagellation after the events. <laughs> That's a couple of mental pictures that none of us will ever be able to get out of our minds there, I think, Jay. Just before we move on to looking ahead to this week, terrific effort, or terrific for Australian golf this week, both Wade Ormsby and Camp Smith. Camp Smith winning in the US, Wade Ormsby winning on the European Tour, his second Hong Kong Open title. I don't know whether you saw it, Jay, but a delightful moment on the 18th when Marcus Fraser, a fellow Australian knockabout bloke, terrific golfer himself, very successful player, and a lovely bloke, Marcus Fraser, standing on the 18th green with a tray, Waiter-like, 
with two ice cold beers as Wade Ormsby and his caddy came off the 18th green. Which reminded me, which reminded me that uh, when Glenn Turner, Greg Turner's brother, scored his hundredth first class hundred, he scored three hundred in a day against uh, Bob Willis, who's just recently died. He was the captain of Great Britain, but was also the captain of England. Was also captain of Warwickshire. He scored a hundred before lunch. 100 between lunch and tea and 100 between tea and stumps, which is a pretty good effort for his 100th 100. And Billy Ibadala brought out two gins and tonics and they drank them in the pitch. <laughs> so Marcus Marcus wasn't the first guy to do that. But I want to come back to Wade Ormsby. His, his old man Trevor was a compatriot of mine, a, a very good retailer and teacher in South Australia, Adelaide, South Australia. Biggest golf shop in Australia? Biggest retail shop? He was a pretty successful business for a long, long time. Probably still is. But Wade Ormsby, I watched him now. I watched him at the uh, PGA at Royal Pines. And then I watched him very closely uh, up here in Hong Kong, where he's won before. And I think Wade Ormsby has got to be in the top 10 strikers from tee to green in the world because his tee to green performance is phenomenal and his putting is not phenomenal. If he was to putt from six feet or 10 feet like uh, Cam Smith, I think he could win a major. He's a phenomenal striker. Really good player. And, uh, I mean, he missed – he won by five, but he missed – Five putts under 10 feet in the last round. So you can see just exactly how dominated he was. Yeah, absolutely. Well, he needs to play well and keep winning, J.E., because he's got a racing car habit. And it might be the only thing in the world more expensive than golf. <laughs> he likes his cars. He likes his fast cars. And I think he's got an involvement in a racing team, as does Richard Green. Uh, and that will cost you a bomb. So there's an incentive to keep playing golf yeah, well. well. He's, I'd like, to see, I'd like to see him use a DFP. If he got a DFP and started a hole a few 10 or 15 footers, mm-hmm. he could win a big, big – he could win a, anywhere. Nice bloke. Went to the European Tour School. I'm going to say six or seven years out of 10 and got through every time. Would get through, lose his card, back to the Q school the following year, get his card back, not keep his card, back to the Q school the following year, and get through. I mean, it's not unusual to get your card and not keep it, but to keep going back to Q school and getting through, it was just bizarre. He became known as he kept, became quite well known for it. I'm sure he did it six or seven times. He's maybe learnt, even more. He's so. learned. He's learned on the school of hard knocks, hasn't he? And uh, and come through it, which is a great achievement. It's it's it can be very soul destroying golf. And uh, Good mate of Adam Scotts. Yeah, uh, they're, they're very close friends, and uh, I think that's probably over the years been a good thing for Wade as time's gone on. I suspect it's been quite helpful because I think we're starting to see the best of him in the last couple of years. Wade Ormsby. Yeah, well, uh, Phil Scott was a Phil Scott was used to make wooden putters down in Adelaide, so he'd have been a mate of of uh, Travis yeah. as well. Yeah, indeed. Anyway, there you go. So uh, a couple of good guys winning uh, for Australia around the uh, around the place. There. Let's move on to this week, Je, and we're going to start with. The European Tour. It's the big event this week, Abu Dhabi. Uh, giant checkbook at Abu Dhabi. They pay all the world's or lots of the world's top players to come and play. So it's the premier event of the week. I've managed to lose it in my list here. Here we go. Uh, the Abu Dhabi Championship. So Brooks Kepka is there. And a bunch of other guys who are particularly well known around the place. Bryson DeChambeau all playing in Abu Dhabi this week. Let's run through podcast Pete's bets for right. Well, he's the winning betters. Um, I've only got one. I've, I've tipped quite a few, but I've only got one that we're going to mention here for podcast, Pete, and it's Pablo Larathabal, the Spaniard. And he he's a last start winner in South Africa. 
um, at Leopard Creek, which is a pretty good course and has a lot of very good players play there. Um, and because at Abu Dhabi, he won here five years ago, but he also finished second three years ago and sixth last year. So he's Pablo, uh, last start winner in form with a great record in this event. And we've got him at $100 to win, far and away the best value of the of the best 10 or 15 chances, according to the uh, the the bet market. So, I so, so I got him in there. I thought he was. I thought he was about a. You know, he's entitled to be shorter priced than quite a lot of the uh, better price picks. So that's why we got him. Excellent and top twenty bets. Now I got Masakawamura here, um, who is a Japanese player, obviously, and um, Masa a uh, couple of starts ago was seventh, and his. If you go right back for the last four or five years, his OGWR rating, official girl golf world ranking rating, has come down very steadily over six or seven years from about 2,500 down to uh, just over 100 now. And he's at huge odds of 11.5 to run in the top 20. So he's my first one. Top 100 player in the world. That is long odds for a player who's on the verge of the top 100. Well, not only that, but yeah. he's actually, he's not on the, he, I think he's 130th or something right. like that. But the point about it is he's, 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 he's a comer. He's, yep. he's, he's coming into he's his own. He's on the improve. He's on the improve. And steady improvement. Yeah. Now, here's one on the opposite side of the coin, Soren Kelson, who's been a very, very good player for a long time and who also has a very good record here, finished fifth last year. Finished thirteenth in his last start, um, made the cut here quite a lot of times, and he's at nine dollars twenty for the top twenty, so which I thought was again um, uh, luxurious odds. And and the third one, I think you know more about than I do, Tapio Pulkin and Finn. He's we've put a quite a bit on him at nine dollars forty. He he, I think he was leader after thirty six holes last start. And uh, he's got quite a lot of talent. An enormous, a prodigious hitter of the golf ball, J.E. Hits at monstrous distances. He ranks sixth in the driving averages on the European Tour. But on any given individual tee shot, he will hit it staggering. There was a, I think it was the end of the end of the year before last, I saw a video on Twitter of him hitting an iron into the wind over 300 metres and carrying it onto the green of a par five. So extraordinarily powerful. Probably learns to need needs to learn how to play golf. You'll know what I mean when I say that. <laughs> all of that power probably needs a bit of uh, – all that brawn needs a bit of brain to go with it. Uh, but he's clearly on the improve. As you say, he was leading through 36 holes last week. And with that sort of ability, that sort of power, that club head speed at your disposal, you could do pretty well in professional golf. Uh, if you learn to use your brain a bit, so I like you. I, I'm not saying that he's necessarily a winner, but I think nine dollars forty for the top twenty for a guy who hits it that far uh, and has that has that amount of physical ability. I agree with you. I think that's a really good value bet. So he'll be one to watch. I don't think he'll become a prolific winner, but uh, certainly he's got all the tools to bob up from time to time and maybe surprise a few. So let's hope that's this week. Let's head across to America. Desert Golf, J.E. It's the American Express Championship, it's called now. It used to be called the Bob Hope, hosted by Phil Mickelson as of this year. I think he's played about 400 of these in a row. So they've uh, rewarded him by making him the host of the tournament, which will no doubt bring a little bit of extra kudos and perhaps a bit of extra coverage. But 
uh, before we come to the specifics of the golf, this time of year always bothers me on the US Tour. You turn on the TV to watch the golf and it's this bright green strips of grass between desert and sand and sort of I always find it a bit confronting. Certainly if the non-golf world was looking for something to point at and say this is everything that's wrong with golf, as a visual, this desert golf just doesn't do it for me. I think it's, I don't know, it's not my favourite sort of golf. So it's got nothing to do with the betting, but I just always feel like I watch this golf this time and I think, eh, does that golf course really belong in that environment? I'm not convinced. Well, there's a lot of people that live there now. You know, Palm Springs is a place that uh, where a lot of, people have moved to get out of the big cities and now they become big cities themselves <laughs> that's right and i guess you've got to be fair to be fair if you're going to grow grass in that environment it clearly doesn't do it naturally um you know if you go out into the badlands you won't find too many uh, grazing animals so they've they've effectively got to um got to water it um and in some cases and i'm not saying that's true there but in some cases, the water that they're using is either brackish or mm-hmm. it's coming from, a, a, you know, perhaps the Rio Grande and, and it, it isn't a great, such a great issue. But anyway, we um, I want to get on to the tip here. And I've tipped Hudson Swafford at $210. And I tipped Hudson a couple of weeks in a row um, because... He's starting to improve. He, he had a he had a period where he played extremely well consistently. Um, in fact, he won here three, two, three years ago, three years ago, and he's just started to come back in, into form the last three or four weeks. So a past winner here, uh, a number of good performances. Has only missed the cut once here, and coming in back into form, I thought two hundred and ten dollars was pretty good value there's there's a very immature market here as yet uh, so subscriber steve has, has got very few tips so far for the win and i'm going to tip more tomorrow because they don't start till friday morning so well, so uh, uh he's our only one for the win mm-hmm. for the place for the top 20 place um i've got rory sabatini who the, the boy from Bratislava <laughs> who married a girl from uh, Slovakia. I've got to get all these names right. He, he married a girl from Slovakia. He's turned Slovakian. He's going to play in the uh, Olympic team for Slovakia, and I'd say that they'll have, they'll have the best chance they've ever had because he's playing exceptionally well. He's the highest-ranked Slovakian golfer in the world. We know well, that. He's not only that, but he's, 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 Rory's been playing well. He's been up amongst the top ten in the last three tournaments on the U.S. Tour early on. He's finished, uh, his best finish is uh, 14th, but again, he's only missed the cut once or twice, and he's coming back into a very consistent form at a couple of years where he was pretty ordinary, but he's been playing very well consistently lately. So he's $4.10 for the top 20. And our other one, we talked earlier about people who uh, are very consistent um, and non-winners, if you like, although he, he did win last year. Um, and it's Charles Howell III. I think he's won over 40 million US or some huge amount of money. He's only won two events in the last 10 years. But his last three starts, 7th, 14th, 4th, just another one of those will get our money. Um, his last 100 starts, isn't it? 17th, 14th and 4th. That's just Charles Howell's Sorry, Howell's actually, career, I'm giving you the wrong rail. That's not true. 
it's 20th and 12th, so ah. sorry. But uh, okay. but he's got um, a second here a few years ago and 13th, 2nd, 11th, 12th, 20th in the last seven years. Very consistent performer, and he's at effectively $3 for the top 20, which I thought was luxury. Mm-hmm. So. It's a very particular style of golf this week, J.E. It's a pro-am event, so 156 players, but every player has an amateur partner, so the tournament is split over two courses to allow the traffic to get through. The amateurs slow thing. I mean, professional golf's bad enough for pace of play, but you throw the amateurs in there, it really slows down. But it'll mean that for the first three days, the setup is very conducive to making a lot of birdies because the pins will be in relatively benign spots to keep the amateur field moving. If they put the pins in really hard spots, the whole field can just grind to a halt. So it's a certain style of golf. There's a, in fact, funnily enough, it's a very Phil Mickelson style of golf, I would say. Uh, lots of birdies to be made. You'd be very aggressive on those first three days and go at lots and lots of pins. And if you're putting well, particularly the way the, the, the greens in America tend to be just about perfect every single week. The guys who are putting well can really shoot low numbers those first three rounds especially. So I'm pretty sure this is the event. I've got a feeling it might have been a five-round event when it was done, but this is the scoring record on the USPGA Tour was set. It was 31 under par for five rounds of golf. So that's an average of six under par per round. That's a record, I think. I think Johnny yeah. Lister used to hold the record at 30 under, but I think I think they've broken that record. Pretty sure it was Ernie Els that, that, uh, that knocked it off at this event, but it was over five rounds, in fairness. I think 26 under might be the four-round. Oh, okay. Well, uh, well. But, but it, it, it'll, come at a, it'll come at an event like this, generally, a scoring record like that, because they put the pins in the accessible spots because they need to keep the field moving that first three days because the amateurs are in the field, and this is what you tend to see is is super sort of low scoring. So it's that kind of event this week, and Charles Howell is in his element with that sort of golf. Uh, he just he hits it so good. He's probably he's probably the best ball striker of his generation in terms of the length of his career. He, he, he just doesn't have a bad ball striking period or year anywhere in there. Uh, he's just got a solid all-around hitting game. and So he'll hit lots of greens, and if he makes a few punts, he'll be in the top 10 or top 20, which is what he's made a career out of doing, as you rightfully point out. Just keeps doing it. Just keeps doing it, indeed. He's a walking ATM. And apparently a lovely bloke. I've met a couple of people who've met him and say he might be the nicest bloke in the world. And that's a competitive category, J.E., as you and I both know, since we're both contenders. Let's move to the LPGA back this year, this week. First event of the year. This is their Tournament of Champions, similar to what we saw in Hawaii for the men a couple of weeks ago. Field of 45. Again, it's a sort of a pro-am. They get a lot of celebrities there. This is the whole point of this tournament is to sort of drive interest and exposure of the LPGA Tour, which it does do a good job of, it has to be said. I think this is only the second year of this event. You've got to have won in the last two years to be eligible. Both Minji Lee and Hannah Green were eligible, but neither have opted to tee up with the upcoming events here in Australia. They probably want to stay home and go tune up for the LPGA events at both the Vic Open and the Australian Women's Open. And I think you've made a note here, Mark, it's still a bit immature, a bit like the American event, not starting till Friday our time, Jay. So not a huge amount about it at the moment, but you've still found something because you're that kind of guy, aren't you? Well, there's 26 players. Only 26. Yeah, and uh, as you say, there's a few withdrawals, um, and in other years there's been 40. So, okay. so, there so uh, there's only 26 this year, and the market's pretty tight. I, I found two that I liked. Um, Inji Chun is my uh, is my uh, podcast Pete Tip. She played exceptionally well in the international matches. Uh, when Korea won in Korea. 
Um, she's been a very consistent player for a long time. Finished fourth in this event two years ago. And, uh, sorry, twelfth in this event uh, last year. And she finished fourth two starts ago. So I couldn't find a great deal of value. But I plucked her out, and I've plucked one other one other that uh, subscriber Steve will get, and um, I put another tip in here that that, that the market is, hasn't got. It's just a bit immature, and I think she'll get to that. But that's for, for subscribers. Subscribers, Steve. Steve. Chung, two-time major winner. Yep, terrific golf game, terrific player. Forty-eight dollars looks well over the odds in a field of twenty-six, doesn't it? Yeah, well, it's hard to find value because the you know you your your top sort of seven players are under twelve dollars and um um which which isn't great value. So so Tough I she's the only one I could find that I thought was any value at all. So so uh that's why and, and the market won't change a great deal because there's only twenty six players and there's not a great huge interest in the gambling uh when these in these smaller fields. Yeah. So once the desert swings over on the European tour, we'll, we will probably go back to recording on a Thursday so we don't have these problems so much, Jay. So we'll let the markets mature a bit. It's just that when the desert swing is on, they tend to start. I'm pretty sure they play Wednesday to Saturday, Abu Dhabi and Qatar. Certainly one of them does. 16th they start, which is tomorrow, yeah. Yeah, so uh, we'll go back to recording on a Thursday at some it point. Is a bit, it weeks. is a bit uh, a bit easier for me if we record on a Thursday, but we've still got to get the, the you know, and, and, and subscriber Steve's... Uh, uh, well, gets exactly. a lot. He gets a lot. That's, that's right. what he pays for. It's true. And podcast Pete gets the um, he gets the early tips and um, and if they win, good on him. Yeah. But uh, yeah, well. um, I'm I'd be interested in 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 the other analysis of podcast Pete V's subscriber Steve, but it's probably not a great deal of difference at this point. I haven't done the analysis, even though I said I would. You'll get used to this with me, Jay. I'll say say I'll do a lot of things and don't get around to them, but I have got all of the. The tips from each week all noted here, so I'll, I might go back and try and do that. I might ask somebody at Winning Edge to help me. They might be better at that than I am. Well, they might even have that data, so, so that's a possibility. Well, we'll ask them. And if they don't, and we just never mention it again, people won't know that uh, that it was even supposed to be a thing. Uh, that's it for us this week. Jay, I don't think we solved any of the game's problems this week. but I'd just like to say about Cameron Smith that, um, in my experience... If you win an Australian amateur, there's a, always a, a phenomenally strong field. And if you're good enough to go through and win an Australian amateur, you generally grow, go forward and your game is up to the stresses of professional golf. Um, I, can, I, I can think of one or two exceptions, but not many. Most of them were successful professional golfers. And Cam Smith is, a, is one... Very, very fine example of somebody who's got the, the the grit and the stomach and the ability to, as you said, to come down from five down and win. That that sort of thing holds you in good stead when you're behind and you've just got to keep plugging away, putting the pressure on the opposition as he did. I mean, he, he basically just out-pressured Steele. Steele had a, four, a four-stroke lead with eight holes to play and... Um, Cameron Smith just dogged him. Great effort. Yep, tenacious, tenacious player. I will say the, the other thing I'll note about Cam Smith, and uh, uh, I was writing weekly about various Australian results at the time. In his first year on the Asian Tour, I think he posted seven top tens out of eight starts or something similar. 
got himself into the field at the CIMB, the US PGA Tournament in Malaysia, finished in the top 10 to get a start the following week. That shot you mentioned at Chambers Bay, the three would he hit into the 18th hole there to about a foot. Uh, he finished fourth on the back of that. That essentially launched his career. But every year as a professional, Cameron Smith has jumped over whatever bar has been put in front of him to go to the next level. He's that kind of player. He always seems to find what's required to get to the next level. It's terrific to see him win his first individual title and under the circumstances that he did it, as you said. Uh, and I wouldn't write him off for Augusta National and the Masters, where I think we all remember, I think he shot six under the back nine on Sunday last year uh, to roar into the top ten. I think he finished sixth from memory. So uh, he's got the tools that that golf course demands, and I think he'll be a surprise Australian contender for a lot of people at the Masters for a long time to come. But I couldn't agree with you more. Fantastic player. Uh, we won't often tip him, J.E., because he's never going to be at value odds, I don't think. The oh, I think he, might, he might get to backable odds at the Masters. Um, in fact, I'm sure he will. Okay. Uh, we can check that, if you like. Can you back him now, can you? There he is. He's, he's $85 to win the US Masters, and I'll definitely be tipping him. So, mm. and I think he'll get out to he'll get out to ninety five dollars. As we he get don't closer, have to bet yet. Yeah, but he definitely will be one of my tips in the Masters at that price. He's he's proven himself on the golf course. He's he he's got he's a very consistent driver, and he's a and he's a very 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 good putter, which is, you've got to be at the Masters. So, I'll be tipping him. He's big odds. Yeah, might be the best wedge player in the world too. Quite possibly, and as a fabulous well, short he's, a, he's like I remember yeah, he people is. talking about how good a chip and putter Kel Nagel was, and I watched Kel a lot. Kel wasn't that good a chipper, but he was a very good chipper and putter. <laughs> Put the two together, it makes him unbeatable. Jay, that's enough out of us for this week. Thank you for joining us. Uh, always a hoot to talk to you. Look forward to your company again next week. Thanks, Rod, very much. That's all right. And to you, the listener, look forward to your company again next week here on Risk and Reward.